Hey everybody, welcome to the Musea Podcast. This is Michael Howard, the founder and CEO of Musea. And for this episode, I talked with a good friend of mine, uh, kind of changing it up a little bit um, for this uh, this podcast. And he's a, a commercial assistant here in Nashville. Uh, he's actually assisted me personally on some shoots. And uh, I wanted to just talk with him, pick his brain a little bit, and give you guys a little bit of an insight into what it's like being a commercial assistant and how to kind of survive in that world. Um, but before we get to the podcast, I um, would like to say a huge, huge, huge congratulations to Sam Blake. Uh, she is named one of the top ten uh, wedding photographers in the world by American Photo Magazine. And she's going to be teaching at the New York City Museum Gathering here in a couple weeks. So if you haven't got your tickets yet, uh, you can go and learn from uh, Sam uh, her day is $250, or if you want to go and learn from all the teachers that are uh, teaching at the gathering with um, also Spencer Lum and, and John Dolan and Holger Thoss, then you can go ahead and get your tickets for that. Those are on sale for $750. If you are a Musea store photographer that um, if you use our online proofing system um, for your studio, then you can get your tickets for $500. Um, that, uh, yeah, is about... 12 days away, so cannot wait to see everybody there. It's going to be a great time. Uh, extremely, extremely excited. Um, want to give also a shout out to uh, Richard Folab. They're going to be there uh, on during Sam's day, and they're going to be doing just a really small presentation about the business of photography, uh, which I think you guys, whoever is attending, I think will find very beneficial. Um, and also a huge um, shout out to Crate or craft and jute um they are providing some stuff some goodies for the attendees at the gathering so if you're going you're going to get a little surprise for them um if you need some awesome packaging for your photography products uh just check them out craft and jute um they do some really really great stuff um also, I've got uh, two spots left for uh, mentorship. So if you're looking to do something a little bit different, I'm doing um, three-month blocks of mentorships um, just with up to three people or three studios max. Um, so I have two spots available. So if you're interested in that, you can uh, email me, michael at mymusea.com. Um, and then also with the Musea store, just to kind of update you on that, we are uh, getting ready to start construction on a brand new feature, which is something I'm extremely, extremely excited about because it's a feature that no other online proofing system has, <clears throat> at least that I'm aware of, um, and I've looked at a lot of them. And so this is a new feature that I feel is going to be um, very innovative and very forward-thinking, um, and it's something that's going to give me say, a little bit of a um, you know differentiation from some of the other uh, services out there. So... You know, hopefully we can start that. Uh, we're going to start that pretty soon. Uh, we got to wrap up uh, a kind of some planning, finalize some things with that, and uh, finish that off. And then we'll actually start the heavy lifting with that. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, in the next uh, four six weeks we can get that launched and out to you guys, and we can start seeing how that's going to um, change some things and how that's going to help increase uh, everybody's sales. So I'm uh, I'm really really pumped about it. So. Uh, yeah, that's it. So the podcast today is with uh, Joel Hood. Like I said, he's a photo assistant here in town. He does a lot of like still shoots, video shoots. He's assisted, you know, a lot of the commercial shooters in, in town here, and and um, other people, you know, even shooters like Mark Seliger. And he's been around tons of different, uh, you know, 
musicians and actors and celebrities and all that. So he's got a ton of experience. He's been doing it for over a decade or about a decade. Um, so I think you'll really find uh, it interesting to kind of learn from uh, what it takes to be a commercial photo assistant. So if that's something you're looking at doing or thinking about doing, um, this should be very, very helpful for you. So as always, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. to the podcast. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, not a problem. Well, we're doing a little something different uh, for this episode. I wanted to talk to you, Joel, because um, I haven't had an assistant on before. Um, and so since we've known each other and you've actually assisted me before, and I know kind of your experience level, I thought it'd be good to kind of chat and get um, just a different perspective on photography and kind of the industry in general, especially a kind of more commercial industry. Um, so, but before we get into all that stuff, I just want to get into maybe your background. So like how you got started in like photography and video and just how you end up getting into like assisting. It's a, it's been a, been a crazy road, man. Um, <laughs> I went, uh, my grandfather, you know, he was a, he was a photographer, but he just he did it for himself, you know. And I found his his negatives and his camera when I was a kid, and you know, I thought it was super cool, and just kind of kind of put that in the back of my mind. And I, and I got into music and went to college for music actually, and graduated. And uh, it was at, it was at a weird time in music when the industry was kind of going down. It was hard to find a job, all that good stuff. So I went back and. Uh, I took a black and white photography class, and when I, I took that class, man, I fell in love. I was like, "This is it!" So I ended up going and getting a second second degree in photography, and graduated with that. And I got an internship with uh, Michael Gomez, and uh, you know, I, I hung around that place for a couple of years and met a lot of people, and that's that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. Yeah. So how long have you been assisting now? It's been about ten years, man. Okay. That's a while. That's a good bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Have you... I, I mean, are you going to go to, like... Do you think you're ever going to go shooting? Or do you think you're just kind of... End up branching off into other things eventually? I know you do, do some shoots on your own, but... Yeah, I've actually... Um, once the, the 5T Mark II came out, um, and people started shooting videos on DSLRs, I've kind of switched gears and really pushed myself more in a video direction. I kind of fell in love with that now. And uh, I don't know, you just got to wear a, a lot of hats these days. People people expect more from everybody for less. <laughs> you got to wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, talk about how, I guess, maybe your first few years of assisting. 
um, what the industry was like then um, okay. versus maybe how it's different uh, now because there's a lot's happened in the past decade. Yeah. yeah. When I when I first started assisting, like I said, I, I had an internship, and uh, when I was in school, there was no no digital cameras whatsoever. Everything was film, and but it was right there at the cusp when um, the first few I can't remember the name of the camera that came out, but like uh, I remember Michael got that camera and started shooting with it, and that was the first time I, I had seen like actual a, a real DSLR and people shooting with that. But back in the day, um, the deal was if you were a photographer and you were serious, um, you, you had a studio, uh, you go to work every day, and you know you had steady clients. Like uh, a lot of people w- would do, like uh, model casting things like that. And I, you know, you could have a schedule. You come in, um, you're like, well, today we're going to shoot the, this many people, and they're going to line up, and it was very systematic. Um, nowadays, I think there's maybe three, maybe four studios in town, and you know those are basically there for other shooters to rent when they need a studio. It's all gone location. It's really different now. Yeah, and talk about like budgets on shoots in terms of um, you know the scale of the crew and everything versus uh i guess now and how it's kind of changed over the few years yeah uh back back when i was first starting um you know shoots you you always had at least at least two assistants and usually had a third and then you had you know a pa on on every shoot even if it was in the studio you just you had a lot of crew and, you know, your objective was, was to move fast and get stuff done and move on to the next client. Whereas nowadays, you know, the budgets have been just, like, dramatically cut. Dramatically cut, and clients want a lot more. I mean, they'll do a, a, a still shoot, and then they're like, well, while we're shooting this, you know, this album packaging, why don't we do some PR stuff? And they want to get everything done in one day, 14 setups, plus let's shoot a little video and do an interview. You know, and as a photographer, you're these days you're going to have to wear both hats. You know, a still guy and a uh, a video guy, and they're going to ask you for less money. Where back in the day, you know, the photographer would set the prices, not the client. Mm. The um, <clears throat> trying to think is like when I moved to Nashville in 2004. Like, you know, I moved kind of here basically with the hopes of doing more commercial stuff, uh, you know, because I saw myself being more of a commercial, like, editorial portrait kind of person. Uh, so when I first mm-hmm. moved here, I ended up meeting with, like, you know, Russ Harrington um, and Kristen Barlow, and I, I assisted them for, like, <clears throat> you know, six months. Um, and so talk about, I mean, I guess I know my experience from, like, when I met with them and like getting on with them, but I'd be interested in your take on, um, you know, if, if somebody wanted to get into assisting, you know, how do you go about approaching photographers? How did you go about approaching like new photographers you hadn't worked with, uh, to get a chance to work with them? Um, just to kind of get your foot in the door of kind of the commercial assisting world. Um, I guess it would be the same now as it was for me. Um, 
I really didn't meet the photographer per se, but I knew I had met someone else that assisted them. And I think that that's really a way to get into assisting is, you know, and most photographers, they have, you know, a set number of people they like to work with. And they have a backup person just in case that person's not available. Well, there's always a chance that, well, actually, there's a pretty good chance that every photographer in town is going to shoot on the same day. And so, you know, the same guy, the same guys that are in rotation are going to get the same call on the same day and get booked up. Well, if you know those people, you know, and they're like, oh, crap, I, I need someone to cover for me. They're going to give you that call. And if you assist that photographer that day, you know, you get along, your personalities are, you know, meshing together, then you're going to get that job. And that, that's what happened for me, basically, you know. Um, there was a guy who was shooting, and he used a couple of my buddies. And, you know, I, I was good friends with them that I had met over at the studio, and they weren't available. So they, they gave me a call and said, hey, this guy needs someone to work for him today. And, you know, I showed up, did a good job, and, you know, I got I got calls after that. And the photographer recommended me to other photographers, so it worked out. Yeah, it's weird how, at least, I don't know if it's like this, in, and you've worked in, like, New York City, I don't, I'm guessing, I mean, the pool there is obviously bigger um, and different. Nashville feels like such a fishbowl, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, there's kind of like the t- five or ten or whoever it is, like, real serious assistants in town um, mm-hmm. that do all the commercial stuff. At least, especially like within the more of the still world, I guess. Uh, at least when I was doing it, um, and that's just kind of who everybody worked with somehow. Um, mm-hmm. Did you? Because I know, like when I started assisting, <clears throat> obviously I started like you know you start kind of on the lower rung of the ladder, especially with film. It's, it's probably a bit different because every only thing I ever did was film shoots. But you know. I was sometimes like the third or fourth assistant. So like my responsibilities were different than obviously like the first assistant or the second assistant. Um, Mm -hmm. So break, maybe break down the different roles the assistants have on commercial shoots and like what their responsibilities are and kind of, um, if you know, if somebody's looking to get into assisting, you kind of understand how that world works on a, on a shoot day. Okay. Well, basically, um, really, really, there, there's two positions on any shoot that will always be there on a commercial job. You're going to have the DIT, which is the digital imaging technician, and that's probably that's the highest paid assistant per se on the shoot. Um, they'll either bring their own gear or use the photographer's gear, and they're the person on the computer, you know, talking to the client. Uh, marking images, making sure everything's sharp, making sure it's coming in, and you're in charge of backing everything up. And usually those dudes, they'll have their own gear that they'll bring to the shoot, and you can get a little more cash that way. But um, you have a lot more responsibilities during the shoot and after the shoot because the photographer is probably going to have you, um, you know, post the web galleries and keep track of all the images for them. Um, and then you have the first assistant, which is, in the video world, you're kind of like the lighting director, because uh, the photographer is probably not going to have time to sit there with you. They'll have an idea how they want to light it. But they'll say, hey, you know, I want something something toppy or sidey, you know, soft source, hard source. Maybe they have an idea what light 
you know, that want to use. And it's, it's your job, you know, basically translate their vision and light it for the photographer. And, and you're going to be working closest with the photographer. Usually, uh, the first assistant, even if somebody's coming from out of town, they're going to come with the photographer. But if you get in with somebody in town or somebody's like, you know, I trust you, you know, you're going to be working with that person all the time and you'll be their number one call. After that, um, pretty much every other assistant uh, does whatever the first assistant, you know, needs them to do. Um, and all the responsibilities are pretty much the same. I guess the only other position really would be a production assistant. And that's more probably an entry-level gig that you can get in, um, even video or stills. And basically, um, you talk to the production manager and whatever they want you to do, you pretty much do. It's almost like an internship. You know, if you need to get coffee, you're getting coffee. If you need to help um, light something, you're lighting something. Just whatever they need you to do, that's going to be your role. Yeah. The, um, I guess talk about, there's a bit of a, I don't know, I guess there's probably some misconceptions about uh, what, what an assistant maybe does on a, on a set in some ways. Like, um, you know, one of the things that like Russ, you know, Russ always kind of drilled into our heads anytime we were working for him was like, you know, I'm not, we're not, we're not there to learn something <laughs> like we're, we're there to work. Um, yeah. and I think a lot of people get into assisting cause they want to learn like the business and they want to learn how to light things. Um, but you're not really there to, to be like a student necessarily there. You're there to like, get a job done. Is that what do you, does that make yes. sense? Do you agree with that? I, I definitely agree. I think, I think an assistant is definitely there to assist the photographer, but in, in most cases, um, you know, the, the, the shoot's only going to look as good as the photographer's eye is and as good as the assistant is. I mean, a lot of times the assistant is going to be the position, you know, you're professional. Um, you're the one that's lighting everything. You know, the, the photographer may be a, they'll give you a tear sheet and say, hey, make this look like this. And they're going to they're gonna cut you loose and, and you, you light it. And then when they come around, you show them the, the test images you shot and they're like, yeah, that's the lighting I wanted. And then you move on to the next setup and set it up for the photographer. Because during the, during the shoot day, you know, there's too many things that the photographer's going to have to think about. Um, and, you know, he can't worry about it. It's, it's a chart that somebody else's job does the VIP's job. And I would say an internship um, is where you're, you're, basically, you're there for free. You know, they know that, and you're there to learn. But if you're an assistant, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's a professional position. And it, it's a job, you know, they trust you. They're hiring you because you have skills and they want to utilize those skills. How do you, here's the thing that I always, um, and I guess this kind of goes with maybe the pecking order of assistants and why there's like, there's rankings. Um, and it's specifically about like the lighting issue because like you said, a lot of times, a lot of times I think outside of, uh, these kind of commercial shoots, whether it's photographers that aren't, haven't been on these sets or, um, it's just people in general, but there's the assumption that like the photographer, the photographer lights everything and that the photographer, 
know the photographer is the most knowledgeable technical person on set. There's like that kind of assumption. Um, but I feel like that that's not the case. Usually it's like the first assistant. You think? Oh yeah. I, I, I would say, I would say, I don't know, 80% of the time the assistant is the one that's the most technical, knowledgeable. And the reason that the photographer, you know, is the photographer is because they, they have that vision and that eye. I, I would compare it more to like, uh, like in the video world, the director has the vision and the DP is the person holding the camera and translating that vision. And that's what the first assistant is doing on a still shoot. Yeah, and, and some people I think feel like, um, I don't know, I guess some people I've talked to that feels like that almost, uh, in some ways it, like they feel like it discredits the photographer. Like they're disappointed when they find like, oh, this big-name shooter actually didn't like that. Um, you know, they just, <laughs> it was like the crew that lit it and they just like, walked up where I handed a camera and took like, you know, some pictures for 10 minutes and then they left and they were like, their job was done or whatever. I mean, I, I, I think the, the bigger you get as a photographer, the less hands-on they're going to be. And I mean, I don't think that discredits, discredits the photographer at all because, you know, they have the vision, they know what they want and they hire people that can make that happen for them you know, and translate their vision. I don't think it, it really just discredits the photographer. I think it just, I don't know. It just, um, yeah, it's different. Um, yeah, it's, it's different than, different than what you think. I mean, yeah, it, it's like, uh, with any job, you know, just because you do less work, you know, hands-on work, does it make it any less, of of an accomplishment or a, a job, you know? Yeah. And I think it's like, if you look at the business, like maybe like a business world with like CEOs or something, it's kind of the same way. Like you have, they're normally the person that's kind of guiding the ship with like the vision of it, but they hire employees to really do like the detailed technical nitty gritty work because they just don't have time for it. Like they're, they're busy doing, you know, vision casting and working on like some of the bigger overall concepts. Is, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So, um, okay. So like if some, all right, let's say you have, let's say you have this like college graduate that walks up to you, Joel, and he's like, he's like, I just really love photography and I want to be a photo assistant. What's like your number one advice to that person on what they need to do to get started and what type of things that they need to know to actually make it in the business? Well, I would say like like with, with with anything in life um it's all about your people skills and uh, like you mesh with with other people you know they, uh, people have approached me in the past and some people like they say you know I'm a photographer blah 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 I want to get into assisting but the first thing that they told me was hey I'm a photographer I want to get into assisting meaning like, I want to assist so I can shoot later. Whereas, if you're going to, if you're going to be, uh, you know, a professional assistant, whatever you want to call it, you should just shoot down that path. You know, you can't really wear both hats because I've been on shoots in the past where other assistants on the job that were with me spent more time talking to the clients about how, you know, they're a photographer 
you know, schmoozing the clients and stuff like that, that the the actual stunts on the job would get pissed off. He's like, what in the hell is this guy, this guy or girl doing? Yeah. You know, trying to sell my clients. They need to work and not be there trying, you know, trying to sell themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where um, if someone wants to get started in it, I think, you know, you just need to put your get your name out there. You need to meet other people that, that are doing it and... I mean, it, it, it's like, I guess with any any other groups in life, there's, there's always like little, I, I, I guess you could call them clicks, but, you know, certain photographers mesh with certain assistants because they have the same personality, you know, maybe there's a yin-yang thing, like the photographer's not super technical, and the assistant's super technical, but their personality, you know, it's yeah. like, you're breaking up a little bit. Okay. Um, you need Just to keep... find... There you go. Yeah. I, I guess... It, I don't know where it broke up, but... Um, I guess you need to find a, a photographer that, like, meshes with your personality, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if they like you personally, they're definitely going to hire you again. Even if you, like, if you were a super technical guy and your personality is just classic the photographer, I guarantee they're not going to hire you again. And it even works with the photographer, you know, client relationship. If the photographer is like just not meshing with the client at all and you're clashing all day, they're not going to hire you again, even if you give them like the most stellar images ever. It's, it all boils down to your personality and your people skills. Mm. One of the, um, one of the things that like <clears throat> uh, Russ and stuff always would talk to me about is a is kind of like you have you have to have almost kind of like MacGyver skills or like ingenuity um, to be like a successful assistant. I feel like you have to be able to think on your feet really quick. Like you have to be able to problem solve really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to have that kind of skill set on like a high pressure situation. Um, Otherwise, I don't feel like you're getting really, really going to be, you know, a good assistant on some of these like higher end commercial shoots. You know, I mean, can you do you have like any kind of examples of stories about times where you were asked to do something, um, and you had a like there was a problem and you had to solve it within like five minutes. You know, because you you know there's all this money riding on these sh- on these shoots. I I definitely have some stories, and actually, probably every time I go out with this certain shooter um we always run into that situation like they'll they'll tell us uh what they want um like they'll show us the tear sheets and like you know i want to light it like this well on the truck you know we have you know two packs four heads um you know just a small amount of gear um, a certain amount of stands. They might, you know, they may ask us, hey, can you uh, put that light, you know, like outside the building on the fourth floor? Well, you know, we have no stand that goes that high. You know, it's some sun outside. So, I mean, you use what you have on the truck, you know, to, to rig it up and, and make it work. But you never say, you, I'll, I'll say this, you never say that you can't do it to the photographer or really anyone like mm-hmm. if they ask you to do something you just yeah no problem you make it happen and then quickly come up with a solution and make it happen you know you never say ah, i don't think that's possible 
<laughs> yeah, which is funny. I mean, I think one of Russ's examples were like, uh, I don't remember. He, he was something about like if if he needed something uh, that we would have to be able to like, you know, take like a a, a cup and make something out of it. Uh, you know, like cut it in half and make like a something out of it to to work with like a lighting effect or whatever. Like we had to be like the ultimate <laughs> MacGyver, you know. Um, mm-hmm. To solve anything, um, I mean, how did you learn to problem solve that quickly? I mean, did you ever get in a in a <laughs> into a situation where you didn't actually get the problem solved, and like the photographer got pissed at you? Um, or you just <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of a good example where it didn't work out, but. Most of the time, it it has like I remember there was one time where um, they they wanted to get all the shots in camera and they wanted to make like a like a vignette effect around and all we had was just a regular pro photo with a seven inch reflector and they said um, yeah I, I want to make and we had no flags whatsoever They're like yeah I want I want it to vignette on the top and vignette on the sides and just like the subject okay. So I'm like, okay, okay, how can we do this? Well, there was there was a it was in an old school. So um there was some cardboard boxes, um, some papers, um, some pencils, and we had some gas tape on the truck. So I, I took uh I took a pencil, I stubbed it where the umbrella goes, and I ripped cardboard boxes up and made like a little I guess uh little rectangle on three sides uh, and kinda hung it out about a foot off the light, and it made just enough shadow around to get that vignette effect. But uh, that was one of the situations where they didn't want to do it in post. They wanted it right there, and so you saw some crap laying around, and just made it happen. Yeah. You just duct tape it together? Yeah, just duct tape. I mean, it, it didn't look pretty, but uh, but it worked. Hmm. That's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um there's one thing I kind of really admire about assistants um, that I feel like, at least when some, I talk to maybe some photographers that are like new to the industry, whether they're shooting anything, weddings or, you know, fashion or portraits or whatever, um, is they really struggle with uh, feeling like they need like more gear or more stuff, um, and they really have a hard time problem solving with just like limited resources, uh, but a, a I feel like assistants, they kind of have that, like, ingrained into their nature. Like, they kind of almost, like, relish the challenge of, like, how can we make this work with, like, this really limited toolbox of stuff, you know? Definitely. Um, I I, kind of thrive on that. Like, I I love those situations. Like, if we have, you know, if I get a call and they say, well, here's all the shots, you know, call, call citation and, you know, put the gear list together. Actually, I have more trouble doing that because, um, you know, you, you you have a budget, you can get whatever you want. But I, I like the situations where, well, here's all the gear I have, and here's the shots I want. Make that happen. I I enjoy you know trying to trying to please the photographer with a limited amount of stuff, you know, and problem solve. I, I really love that. Yeah, yeah. I like well, I like the fact that there's yeah that kind of diehard like. Um, you can't say no, it's not possible, <laughs> kind of an attitude. Um, I th- 
too many photographers, I think, give up on shoots because they feel like it's impossible. Where with, you know, I think with these assistants and these bigger shoots, it's, you know, you're not even allowed to say that. So you just have to figure out a, ma- a way to make it work, you know, sure. or you're, or you're going to get fired. Kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're only as good as your last job, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so talk about, I mean, so who are the, some of the people that you've assisted just in general, like some of the names of, of shooters that you've assisted? Um, yeah, local guys, um, you know, Russ Harrington, um, Tristan Barlow, um, I'm slipping on names here, man. Uh, putting you on the spot. Yeah. Mark Tucker. Yep. Um, well, Dave McClister, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of out of town people that have come through once or twice and I worked with them. Um, Mark Royce, um, uh, Jeff Lipsky, awesome guy. I got to get some props, man. Um, uh, who else? Man. Bigger names. I'm, I know you worked like Mark Seliger once. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 there's a long list, man. I mean, I, I've worked for pretty much everyone here in town, and um, a lot of people who have just been passing through, you know, getting a job here or there. Yeah. I worked with Leibowitz, because I know she's been in town some. Yeah, I, I didn't get the chance. Uh, that was that, that was the other hood. That was Derek. <laughs> that was the other hood. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny. I she uh, I know she came in town a long, long time ago, and uh, one of the guys I used to assist with all the time, he was always like number one, and I was I was like number two. He got to uh, he got to be on set, and he was like number five because <laughs> she brought like <laughs> three assistants with her or something crazy. Um, yeah, definitely. If you, if you think that the the shooter lights the uh, you know the scene, uh, you go to any Leewood shoot. And you'll definitely see how it is. Definitely yeah. got a strong team behind her. Yeah. I mean, which usually, what, has like five assistants at least or something like that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think Derek was hired, and his his job was to be in charge of, like, uh, the truck. And that was, that was it. Like, he stuff <laughs> off the truck, and that's it. That's all he does. But he said it. that truck has never been packed like that. I mean, it was, like, to the ceiling. Like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, g- give me a... You know, give me an effects fan. Oh crap! It's, I gotta take everything off to get that fan from the bottom. Right. But but yeah, everybody had their role for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. What about? I'm just letting you. I'm gonna let you like. I'm just letting you brag about yourself uh, if that's cool. Um, what about like some of the clients you've been on set with, like whether it's celebrities or artists or whoever? Um. Let's see. Uh. I mean, if they sing country music. Man, I have been on the set with him. <laughs> I mean, if you're in Nashville and you're an assistant or or a shooter, I mean, you're going to meet all the country stars. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will tell you, like my favorites that that I was like, you know, I got a little starstruck when I was there. Yeah. Uh, that was Pardon for sure. That was one of those. Like, I, I never get my picture with with the uh, with the talent. But I, I definitely had to jump in there and get a picture with Dolly. <laughs> with Dolly, sure. did you iPhone yeah. it or how did you work that one? It, it, it was the real deal. I mean, it, the photographer was nice enough to uh, to snap the real picture, and uh, Derek was BITN, so he sent it over to me, and it worked out. I, I have it to this day. Money. 
Um, yeah, who else? Um, do you need other like stories of clients that you've liked to work with that were cool? Oh, yeah. I did. Um, I did a, a video job with uh, with Jack White mm-hmm. over over at Third Man, and I, all my gear that I that I have has a little red cross on it because I, I just like that that symbol. And uh, turns out Jack White, he's a big fan of the the American Red Cross, like that kind of artwork and that whole scene during like World War One and World War Two. And he had a red cross pin he was wearing all day. And he took it off. Said, "Joel, I want you to have this." gave it to me still got the little red cross that was cool nice um I'm trying to think so I'm assuming like if you worked with like Carrie Underwood and mm-hmm. um Loretta like Loretta Lynn was like one of my first jobs when I started assisting I, I, I worked um, with the Loretta with Russ yeah did you work with like Loretta and Jack or was it like a newer Loretta shoot uh, it, it was a newer one um, okay I can't. She, she, it was like a, a duet thing with somebody, but I, I never saw the cover or anything. But yeah, it was a Jack. Okay, yeah, because when I first moved to town, it was right after her and Jack White. Jack White kind of d- produced that album of hers. It was like mm-hmm. two thousand three or something came out. Vainly Rose or whatever it was. Um, and so we got to do some publicity shots with her, and she like could not have been nicer on set to like everybody on the crew like she made a point to say like hello to like every single assistant and like thank them for being there and stuff like that so oh yeah man she was like super super nice you know almost like your grandma <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say that but but, but I didn't <laughs> yeah. well you know I mean whatever yeah sweet she's had a long productive life um yeah. Uh, anybody out of town? Like, I know you, you travel for some. You get to go other cities and states to do commercial jobs. Anybody outside of Nashville that you've kind of been like starstruck by or had a, had a had a pleasure of working with? Um, let's see. Well, you know, this is actually in town uh, when they were shooting. Um, what is the name of that movie? Uh, something country. Country strong. My, oh, yeah. my bad. I'm uh, mm-hmm. sorry, country. Uh, but yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. We shot her, and uh, I got my pick with her, and I got um, <laughs> my Royal Tenenbaums signed by Gwyneth Paltrow, and I was like, oh. <laughs> hey, hey, and she looks, she's just as pretty in person. I did promise. you did you talk to her about um, Chris Martin or anything about Coldplay? I mean, I, I didn't, but we, we talked <laughs> about Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums is actually her favorite movie that she's ever done. That's really, the best. Yeah, that's funny. Um, have you got to work with like uh, Nicole Kidman or anything in town? Yeah, um, okay. yeah, and Keith, um, like Nicole Kidman. I can't remember. It was something weird. Like she was shooting. It was like um, at North Star Studio. She was shooting like a Brazilian um, TV commercial for a mall down there, <laughs> and then this other guy came into town and shot the stills. But but it was, it was very weird. But, uh, but but she seems nice, um, you know, stunning in person for real. She's really tall, like, I hear. Yeah, very tall, long, super fair skin. Like she's like definitely like in person. It's uh, I don't know. You can feel her presence in the room. It, mm. it, there's something about her. Mm. And and her husband Keith, he's a cool dude. Really down to earth. Just like hanging out with one of your bros, you know. Yeah. 
Very cool. Um, all right, so <clears throat> tell us some story. You don't have to like name names, but just tell us some stories of maybe like. Uh, so I know I, I know some stories with names, but um, of some some drama scenes in in, Nash- <laughs> in Nashville or wherever shoot you've been on. I mean, it, I know there's one shooter in town that um, I've heard that has thrown like a a complete pro photo like power pack into a lake once because he got so frustrated on a shoot stuff like that, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I definitely won't name any <laughs> in, any names, but uh, if there if there's some drama going down on a shoot, uh, there's definitely definitely one person that comes to mind. I remember uh, we were on a shoot at Citation, and I was like tired on last minute, um, and this is like I think it might have been the first time I ever worked with this person, and we were at Citation and they're shooting Garth Brooks, and uh, you know, you're shooting, blah blah, blah shooting them taking some pictures and then all of a sudden he's like or the person's like uh hey uh i, I need a b-flat so you know johnny runs out gets a b-flat and he you know flips the stand over clamps it and then it's like the good kept playing his hair like over and over again uh 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 it just goes bananas on him like what the fuck let me tell you how to put this fucking b-flat up and then like takes the takes the clamps, throws them across the room, no, like this, and just flips out on Johnny. And I'm like, what in the hell just happened, man? Because, <laughs> I mean, totally quiet, like, talking the whole time, and then just, lagooge, like, yeah. bananas. But 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 uh, uh, there's a saying, you know, it's going to happen once, let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. <laughs> and um, this is, like, yeah. right in front of Garth, yeah? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Garth's standing there, like, uh, okay. <laughs> but but the, the dude, I, I, he must have like either a deal with the devil or the deal with Jesus, because like, it's, <laughs> I, same person, same person. Uh, we're we're on a river, and uh, there's a guy in the back of a pickup truck that's laying on some hay, and it's kind of backed up to the river. And he goes, man, you know, you know, it'd be awesome if like two dogs. Just came running down that water, and the sun peeked through the clouds right behind those dogs. As soon as he said that, I swear, two <laughs> dogs come running down the river, totally random, and the sun breaks through the clouds, just perfectly kissing those dogs back there. He snaps away, man, and gets the image. I'm like, what in the hell is this guy doing right to make this happen? You know? Yeah. Crazy. Hey, I have one more one more story about this person. Uh, <laughs> We were uh, we were on top of the uh, I can't remember I guess it's the Natchez Trace Bridge you know over uh-huh. on the ninety six and we're shooting um, and it's super windy man and they're like hey uh, get the twelve by out and and hang it on the top of this bridge super windy day so there was four of us on the job I'm holding half of it um, Casey Brooks uh, was on the other half Derek was there and Johnny was there. And the wind's picking up. I mean, that sucker's about to blow off the bridge. Well, something starts happening with the pocket wizards. Now, if you know this person, he does not like the pocket wizards. And there's always something wrong with the pocket wizards every single time. And, and that's really what sets them off. And so we, we keep we keep saying, misfire, no strobe, no strobe. And then all of a sudden, he, uh, he sets the camera down. And like the Incredible Hulk, grabs his shirt and rips it 
all the way in half, but he doesn't get it the first try. He has to like rip it like two or three times, and he gets it all the way to the bottom. There's just one little piece holding it at the bottom, and it slips off his shoulder. Meanwhile, the person he's shooting is still standing there. He's bare-chested, just like screaming. Like, so he keeps taking the pictures, and then uh, the shirt's laying and ran next to him. Well, after we get done, he's like, well, you know, like nothing happened. Picks up the shirt, puts it on like a little vest, and he's like, well, I guess we got that one. Let's load it up and go. <laughs> Whoa, dude. <laughs> uh, did, okay, like when this happens, do these clients like hire him again? I mean, I would just feel like that would be like the worst thing to do on a shoot possible is like you rip your shirt open like the Hulk. <laughs> but yeah, it, you still I, have like I, a very successful photography career. Yeah, I mean, like, like like I said, I mean, the person has either a deal with the devil or <laughs> is in the right place with Jesus because, dude, <laughs> if they ask for something, it's going to happen, like supernatural things. And, and, and in their images, I mean, they get what they want. That's funny. Um, one of the things I want to touch on real quick is, like, when you're talking about being on shoots and stuff... <clears throat> um, and mentioned being at like Citation, which is like the the rental, the the probably the main rental place in town for the gear, for lighting, and where this video are still here in Nashville. But um, the um, when I first started assisting, I had a hard time learning like the names of everything, um, because <laughs> there's just like a billion. I don't know. I just feel like there's a ton of stuff. And one thing mm-hmm. that like Russ Harrington would even tell me is like, I don't know. One one of the things he would would say, especially with uh, just any assistant, especially if you're new, is you have to have um, a lot of, like, self-initiative to just learn and figure stuff out. And so, you know, he would be like, he would say, well, maybe, you know, if, if you want to learn something, you could go to Citation and just work for free for, you know, a week or something, just to learn the name of everything, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and just load trucks. And then you just ask all the employees there, like, oh, what's this called? Or what's this called? Or what's this called? Because when you're on the set... And somebody sees, like, I need a whatever it is that, you you know, they need. They need it, like, right then within, like, 30 seconds. And you can't, you know, got to know what it looks like, where to get it is on the truck, where to go get it, and where how to, like, assemble it ultra fast, you know. So how did you learn all that stuff without, like, hacking anybody off? Um, I, I guess just, uh, I guess it's whoever, I, I would say, now, I really don't want to toot this person's horn, but I guess I will. Rich Kalonic, you know, I was working with that guy, mm-hmm. and I felt like I needed to bring a saddle with me every day because he, he rode me so hard, you know, like I was a little <laughs> pony. But, uh, but, but, but it was all in good fun, but definitely he he was probably one of the – he was an older assistant than me, and, you know, if I had a question, I would ask him, and he kind of would point me what things were, yada, yada. But, but to this day – if I, uh, you know, if, if I'm on a shoot with Rich or he's shooting, um, they'll always say, no, no, this is a C-stand, and uh, here's how you open it, here's how you fold it up. You know, just, just ride me a little bit, but it's all in good fun. Yeah. Um, but but definitely, I, I would say um, you need to know that kind of stuff, and I, I think you'll learn pretty quick because if you're, you know, you're getting in the biz, and most people all use the same kind of stuff, you know. There's going to be a beauty dish, you know, some heads, packs, uh, some type of softbox. People come in from out of town, 
and they might be they'll order a little bit different stuff and it's something you might not be familiar with or there's a certain way they always like to do things um like like all all out of town shooters it's like you're going to have to have a mafer and a j hook and they're going to hang their packs no matter what um whereas in town people they don't really worry about the you know hanging their packs off the stand hmm. but you know, when I first started, I was like, what, what, what's a J-hook? And, you know, the out-of-town first was like, hey, go get me a J-hook. So I ran to the truck, and I was like, what, J-hook, J-hook, J-hook. <laughs> and then I saw, I saw something in there that looked like a J. And I said, that's got to be it. And I brought it back to him, and sure enough, it was a J-hook. So I, I will say most of, the, most of the items, like grip and stuff, it makes sense what they're called. Yeah. Just w- once you hear it and you see the item, you're like, oh, that's why it's called that. Yeah, like I didn't know some one of my first shoots. Somebody asked for like some uh, like CTO or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't. What is CTO? Like I have no idea. And I didn't realize it was like an orange gel, like you know. Yeah, I don't know what the CT stands for to this yeah. day, but I know O is I, orange, B is blue. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like color temperature or orange or something. But yeah, I I think you just nailed it, dude. Yeah, I was like, why don't you just call it? Orange gel. Like, why does that have to call it CTO? <laughs> like, just so get the orange gel. I could have got that. But there's like, go get the CTO. Like, I don't know what a CTO is. That could have been anything. Yeah. Um, but one thing I would say, like, if, so, if you're, if, you know, if, if you, somebody wants to get into assisting and you do get on a set, <clears throat> the thing that I learned um, is if you don't know what something is, like, if you're just, you know, you're setting up, but you're, you're touching something and you have no idea what it is ask one of the assistants that knows what it is. Just be like, what is this? And what's the name for this or whatever? And basically, you cannot ask enough questions on a set to learn. Yeah, sure. Basically, just constantly, every time you get on a set, you need to learn the gear and how stuff works, you know, in case somebody asks you for something in a high-pressure situation. That way, they're not ripping their shirt off on a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, man. I mean, it may come down to that. Yeah. Um... Well, okay, as we kind of wrap up real quick, um, I know, Joel, that uh, you're a big gamer, and I, I play some games myself at times. Oh, yeah. So what are uh, what are you looking for this year in 2013 in terms of video game releases? I'd say my number one on the list, one of my favorite games of, uh, of all time, Bioshock Infinite. You know, I'm, I'm, it looks looks awesome. Yeah. They've come out, they've come out of the sea. You know, they're in the sky. It's a little different setting, but still, it, it looks looks really good. What else? Um, you got? Uh, the Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, watching the latest gameplay footage from that, I mean, I, I kind of got choked up. I mean, I'm being serious. I mean, it's just so, I don't know, so real and so harsh. You know? Um, yeah. Great storytelling. That's the main thing I look for in a game is great storytelling. I think that game's going to deliver for sure. So, if I had to like lock you in a room for a week, and you only had one game that was and it was already in existence, like last year or any year previous, what would that game be for you, and why? <laughs> this is going to sound kind of weird, um, <laughs> but uh, Persona Four Golden Man. It, it, it's on the PlayStation Vita, and uh, you know it, it's like a it's a JRPG game, um, 
basically you're a, you play a high school student. You have to go to school. You have to answer uh, questions. You have to build relationships, and through those relationships, you know, you build your persona, and that's the monsters of fight. Kind of like a Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh kind of thing, but it's a guilty yeah. pleasure. But it's really good, great storytelling, and it, it keeps you hooked, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, for those of you, if you don't game out there, uh, taking a bit of a tangent from the photography thing because uh, we sometimes, me and Joel, we play online together, so we've played some Uncharted 3 multiplayer and some other games like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is always, like, good times. So, yeah. I'm oh, excited about you, Yeah, go ahead. What about you, Michael? What would be your one game? Ever? Oh, man. Ever. If I had it one game to play, what would it be? Hmm. I don't know, dude. Uh, I've played so many. <laughs> um. I don't know. I always liked like the Metal Gear version. So, like, I really liked the last Metal Gear on Metal Gear Four. I thought it was awesome. I, I would definitely agree with that, man. On uh, PS3. Uh, I just felt like that game was like so epic. Though there were some of the cutscenes were a little too long, <laughs> <laughs> like an hour. But um, <laughs> but the gameplay itself, I felt was like unreal. So um, I always like yeah, I love that game. I always like role playing games. So I mean, I think like Fallout Three would be pretty high up there too. Oh yeah. So which, by the way, I beat uh, New Vegas recently. So. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. I just kind of skipped through it, though. I didn't, like, really fully explore, so. <laughs> Don't hate me, because I know you got every object in that game. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, I'm snickety like that. I have to do it. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Well, I know you got to run, so I appreciate you kind of taking the time to chat with me and just kind of shed some light into uh, commercial photo land and what that's like. So uh, I know you're good at what you do, so I appreciate your time. It's awesome. Hey, Michael. Uh, it's good talking to you, man.